Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to a new season of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I'm joined by Joel Sked. Hello, Joel. Hello. Uh, is, is this is this when you say new season? Is this Patreon? Or is this actual? This is Patreon, but it's okay. uh, it's the first one we will we'll have recorded. So we've been releasing some, but they were all. I mean, some of them were recorded last year, as uh, became quite evident uh, during some of the chatter for them, deriding <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> St Johnson and then uh, speaking about which Scotland penalty takers who would who would you want to take a penalty for Scotland and a and a vital penalty shootout? Of course. Not knowing that we'd have two coming later on, uh, just a couple months after we recorded. So yeah, that that sounded a bit weird, but hopefully people still enjoyed them anyway and had fun listening to them. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice what happens. You have to, and you get to you get to listen to something that you know has happened and to hear people's opinions on what they like to see in future from back then. Yes, yeah, you, you can make an argument for it. Yes. Uh, also, I, d- I just realised the well, my intro was wrong. This isn't the first one. This is uh, you, uh, you, Duncan, and, and Craig recorded uh, that, an original the other that's day. That's what threw me. That's what, yeah, that's what threw uh, me. That's why I asked. That's why I asked if this was a Patreon or. I uh... just forgot about that. <laughs> Let me write that back. This is the first of our season preview shows, and myself and Joel. So we're going to be looking at Livingston. So you, you, we, and kind of long-term fans, uh, will be aware of the fact that. We tend to do these every every season before the campaign, and what tends to happen is that we, usually myself, will we'll speak to, with, with help from your, usually you and, and Craig Kearns, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to fans of certain teams and, and get their opinions for what they think the season's coming up. But I thought we'd do it a little bit differently this season. I think we're still going to do that, we'll talk to supporters soon enough, but we'll probably leave that until maybe the end of August, after the after the first games are out of the way and after the transfer window is done and, and we know the kind of full makeups of each other's squads and also fans have had the chance to, to see these players because we actually are in a kind of privileged position where because of the, the money that, that you guys give us and again, thank you very much for, for your generosity and for helping to continue allowing the Terrace podcast to grow. 
We have the ability to have a, a Y Scout subscription, which is very expensive, uh, but does allow us to watch clips of players um, from pretty much most leagues in the world, most top leagues in the world. So we managed to get a very good idea of the guys coming into Scottish football, whereas your average fan is probably only limited to, you know, kind of reading. There, there is a bit more out there with, with a lot more kind of people looking at the stats and stuff. But in, in terms of, you know, typically the average fan just has YouTube to go off of. And that does not always paint a good picture, as um, we can all testify from the past. Usually anybody that's got a very exciting YouTube compilation turns it to be shite. So we thought we'd, um, we'd use that kind of extra resource and we'll do the season previews we'll talk about the signings coming in uh, how the teams are shaping up and then we'll, we'll get the f- opinions of the fans once they've managed to have a, a good look at the new guys in action so first up it's Livingston we're going to be following categories for each and every single one of these podcasts there I think is eight categories in total uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, eight in total. So we'll begin with grade in the summer business so this includes both players coming in and out so for anybody who wants a wee bit of a refresher on some of the guys at Livingston, who left Livingston this summer, uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas joined Aberdeen, John Guthrie went back to England, Scott Robinson left the club, there was also exits for kind of reasonably key squad players in the form of Julian Serrano and Steve Lawson as well, uh, as long with a couple of other kind of squad players. A number of players brought in. 11 in total, uh, you're talking about guys, a few for folk, a few for the Scottish uh, division, so Bruce Anderson came in from Aberdeen, you also got Abel Obelai from Queen of the South, James Penrice from Park Thistle, um, and Ben Williamson, who was last season on loan at our both comes in from Rangers on loan, uh, Sean Kelly as well joins from Falkirk, but you've got a, a few other guys uh, from the English lower leagues uh, that we'll get to. So, all in all, Joe, what would you rate... Livingston summer business as what would you grade them as? Uh, I'll, I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably go for a C minus. Oh, that's uh, that's quite low. I've actually got a bit higher than that. So let me let me let me explain explain that. So I look at there's 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 a, there's names in there that I've. Uh, I think, oh, that's a really good sign for Livingston. So Bruce Anderson thought it was ideal after uh, the way he played for for Hamilton. Uh, Ab- Abobalai. Game one of the better players in the championship last season. I thought it was a very, very smart pickup. Uh, Andrew Shinney is, uh, is, is a lot of Scottish fans will, will know from his time at Inverness, time at Hips, and he's he's been decent. Uh, he's got a decent pedigree from from down south. He's versatile. At, uh, he's a versatile player who can play uh, in midfield or attacking positions. And um, Ben Williamson again, another person who impressed in the championship. Uh, it's a good step up from to now be alone. In the Premiership, with Livingston having signed a new deal with with, with Rangers, so I, I, I looked at that and thought uh, those are really kind of smart additions. And, and then you look at the, the the players who have left. There is there, there's there's not been a whole host of key players left. So Guffrey Robinson, who obviously didn't play towards the end of last season, uh, Robbie McCroy's not a massive uh, miss, but like Serrano uh, and Ambrose as well, yeah. bit of. Uh, uh, they, they are losses I think and Steve Lawson's versatility as well but the reason I'm going for a, a C- is because of the balance of the squad so the, the, there's, 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 there's an issue that I have with the balance of the squad and you look around they have I, I do think the, the squad has a lot of talent but they've got lots of left-sided players they've got a lot of players who can play in the centre midfield 
but they lack a, a significant. They got a, sorry, they got a significant lack of depth at centre back and also an attack. But it's, it's centre back that really concerns me. I mean, we will go on to talk about um, what they have in there, but at the moment they've really only got three players, uh, three centre backs, and all three of those. Um, I'm not counting an oval. <laughs> So even if I count Obelai as a, as a centre-back, so the four centre-backs, um, there's question marks over all four at centre-back because you, you look at Obelai, for example, he I think he struggled at centre-back for Queen's South, moved into midfield, and he became a much more influential player for uh, the Dunhamers. Um, Jack Fitzwater, we had uh, we had a conversation probably about 12 months ago, and we were like, mm, nah, not for us. Uh, he has played during pre-season at centre, uh, sorry, in the Premier Sports Cup at centre-back. He's not looked good. Then there is uh, Tom uh, Tom Parks, question marks over him. And then the most baffling of signings, Sean Kelly, who, uh, judging by Ross County's, uh, Ross County fans, they think he's a good player. Uh, uh, you, you could get away from a left back in midfield at left wing back but one place you don't play him is centre back and that's where he's been brought in uh, for Livingston so there are uh, there are a few red flags it's, which has made me go for a C minus yeah that's actually maybe fit. you share the exact same um, concerns that I have uh, it's only you've kind of marked them down a wee bit more for that they yeah, that, that is certainly the concern. That the centre-back is definitely the, the area of the team that, that really kind of causes alarm bells to go. But I'm just going to look at it around. So McCrory went away. They brought in our keeper. Um, you've had a look at him. How does he How does he stack up in terms of McCrory? Could he, is, it, is it there for him to be a better signing than Robbie McCrory? I think he'll make uh, fewer errors than Robbie McCrory. No, that's fine. Um, that's yeah, exactly yeah, that's fine. Whether, whether I think he'll be... Um, Long kind of long term, I think he's, he'd be a competent goalkeeper. Still, probably think Max Strakes better. Max Strakes played all three Premier Sport Cup games, so they're not really upgrading in that position. Yeah, I suppose. But they've managed to bring in another goalie. They've managed to bring in, yes, the jury's out on Parks at the moment. He's not looked too comfortable so far, but he may just take a wee bit better in time. I mean, we talked about Fitzwater. Fitzwater looked awful to start last season, but he eventually became. Okay, I still don't really rate him that highly, but he was he was fine by the end of the campaign. Uh, but they brought in the, the kind of Guthrie replacement. He's, he's a very similar type of player, no nonsense centre back, um, somebody who's who's literally just there to, to clear the ball, and, and that's about it. Uh, if, they, if they want to give him the, the ball to to try and play with, they're going to be in, in trouble because he's he's not really much of a passer at all. Um, but in terms of his defensive makeup, he's strong, he's big, he's decent in the air. He's actually not too slow for quite a kind of lumbering-looking centre-half. So I don't mind that. Up front is a bit of a concern. Um, Bruce Anderson, I'm not entirely sold on. I'll talk about him a wee bit, wee bit later on. And But I think they might be expecting Jack Hamilton to step up as well. So but I, I just kind of liked a lot of their business that they did. I think they addressed a lot of, a lot of areas. And if they can manage to bring in another centre-half and another forward, uh, perhaps, and maybe... maybe so- see, Maybe see if any of the maybe see if there's any interest in any of the, the legions of midfielders that they have at the moment. So, so this this is another. I would, I would give it a B minus. So the, this is uh, another kind of reason I'm going in for C minus. I think Martindale was talking during the week saying that pretty much that's that's Livingston pretty much done. Right. Okay. Um. Obviously, a they lot always of say that though. They always oh, yeah, say that's that. A lot of managers do say that, and then there's like a late flurry of activity. And again, the the the, the, the benefit of the transfer market not closing until the end of August is that 
managers can kind of get away for the land. Uh, so the Premier Cup and then the first two league games and maybe think, holy shit, Fitzwater, Fitzwater Parks and Sean Kelly are not three centre-backs I can trust for the season <laughs> and I actually do need to go and sign, sign, sign another person. So, yeah, uh, he says, he, Martindale said that, but as as always with managers, it, it's, it, it can change. Okay, so who's the signing you're ready to fall in love with? I found this difficult, to be honest. found it difficult. Uh, I mean, the obvious one would be Christian Montano. That's, that's who I've got. Yeah, uh, so uh, uh, since you've got that, I'll, I'll go. I'll go for. Um, I'll go for Io Obelai. Uh just because I completely wrote him off last start of last season when seeing him for, uh, for Queen of the South. I just thought he looked really, uh, just looked, he just looked so poor at centre back. Um, I mean, it just uh, any anything that seemed to go wrong did when he was in the vicinity of the ball, but then he moved into centre uh, centre mid and. He just had this uh, had this presence in there, um, solid enough on on the on the ball. Just gave them a real good platform. So I, I'm interested to see how he takes it up into the Premiership. Obviously, he's got a bit of a goal for it. He can take penalties. It'll be interesting to see the. the I think Livingston fans have had concerns over the makeup of the midfield and the fact that they've gone for more of a four three three and. So it's kind of single pivot. I'll be interested to see if he is the man to kind of sit at the base midfield. It does look like Marvin Bartley is going to be more coach than player uh, this this campaign. So he he might be a, a great player to watch, but it's it's probably ready to fall in love. It's probably most the one that intrigues me the most, rather than one that's uh, I'm ready to uh, ready to fall in love with. So I went for Mon Montano. Did you? Is that how you pronounced it? Yeah, because he's got a wee, got a wee, I don't know what they call, but we accent above the uh, above the end. Okay, Mont- Montano. He um, he's one of so the, the the business looked a bit strange to start with. There was only one set. I got a, a wee bit of info uh, from from somebody at Livingston that I was able to kind of figure out what they were doing because it looked mm. to me they were just signing th- four left backs when they already had Jackson Longridge, who ended last season as the first choice left back, is still at the club. So I was like, what the hell are they doing? So Montano last season played pretty much exclusively as a left back for Port Vale, but he has in the past uh, played left side of midfield and even for Port Vale as well. And when he plays there, he has a quite a good goal return. So that, that's going to be something that, that should excite both Livingston fans and uh, the, the Scottish football the anorak nerd like myself. And he also he's quite an exciting player to watch on top of his goals. He's somebody who's uh, quite quite fast, uh, likes to run with the ball. And even if they do play, end up playing him at left back, he's quite a tenacious left back. He's somebody mm. who gets involved in a lot of kind of lot of defensive duels, somebody who loves to kind of bring the ball up the park quickly. So I think he's just going to be somebody who's going to be very entertaining to watch, even if he might not necessarily end up being so effective. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. I watched... Watched a couple of clips of him before we recorded this, and as you found, he was playing one of the games I watched. He was playing as a left wing back. He just—it was weird. He just took every time he he got the ball, he seemed to be in a different position. He was just taking up weird positions, even centrally, and then and then in, in driving forward. And he just—it almost like at times you thought, has he got a free roll from left wing back? Uh, but he just—he he just seemed to be—he just seemed to be always involved. And the fact that he's. I think he's Colombian. This is why he's called a wife. He's Colombian, but got a uh, UK passport. It's always yeah. Then moved to moved to the UK. I think when he was uh, very young. So I think ah, he's, okay. So I think he's he, he must. I think he's got a London accent as well. So, um, right. Signing you're not sure about. Oh, take your pick. <laughs> we've, we've addressed Sean Kelly. Yeah. So um, 
I will go. I will go James Penrice. Yeah, I'm a bit intrigued by this one as well because I did. I don't remember Park Thistle fans being overly enamoured with them in no. League One. <laughs> so it's quite a step up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he is. I think he's someone who certainly a couple of years ago had a lot of uh, a lot of talk around him. It seemed like he was uh, had a lot of um, potential to be. Did he? But he broke, broke through as a left back, and he thought that be he would go on to maybe do better than he, he probably has done. Maybe he might admit that in, himself. But what I'm unsure about is where he fits in. Because it does seem like uh, can we talked about it that he could play left back, he could play left wing, he could play left midfield, uh, depending on the formation, and he can play centre midfield. So it does seem like he is. Uh, I mean, players like that are, are great, especially if you're carrying a, a smaller squad. If they can play, uh, if they're versatile, he um, allows Martindale to change formation within the game, but also. Uh, he, just use his uh, have have players who can cover various positions. I believe so far he's played on the left side of the midfield three and left of the front three. Yes, um, I just I was just very very curious to see if he can make a uh, from being we say mediocre at Thistle in League One to making an impact in the Premiership. I'm going to go for one of their kind of more marquee signings. I'm going to go for Bruce Anderson, and that I so I think. It got to the point last season where you kind of thought Bruce Anderson was getting all this hype for that goal he scored against Rangers and he's not really done much since then. And he was on loan at Air United in the first half of the campaign and he was pretty uh, pretty underwhelming for them. I think he only scored twice and both of them were on his debut against a, a lower division side in the Cup. So he didn't exactly sparkle there. He then went on a loan to Hamilton. He had a great start. He very much improved Hamilton's side. You could see that he was actually kind of a forward. It was a forward that needed all season. Somebody with a bit of guile, somebody with a deep, somebody with decent technique. <laughs> it wasn't just a big lump. But as the season wore on, um, when uh, Marius Okunpo started of his injury problems and David Moyle was already kind of struggling with injury, he kind of struggled to replicate those early showings without having that kind of that kind of big force, that big presence alongside them to kind of you know, pull gravity towards them and to, to open up a bit of space for Anderson. So without the kind of big guy beside him, he tended to struggle. Now, Livingston are typically just play with one up front. So I'm really unsure of how Anderson's going to fit in as a lone striker on a team that plays a lot, similar to Hamilton, plays a lot of direct balls up to the forwards. And is he going to have enough presence? Is he going to be able to play with his back to goal enough to, to really do that job? I don't even think he's going to be the first choice striker when when the the season gets underway. I, I, I reckon that, uh, and I'll get talk about him in a second. But I reckon uh, Jack Hamilton will, will end up starting. But um, yeah, I'm unsure about Anderson. I think a lot of people like to sign in, but I've I've yet to be convinced. Yeah, so I am. I think maybe you make good points about Anderson and his kind of compatibility within uh playing as a lone striker or as part of a two with a, a bigger guy beside him. I really did. I like to look. I liked Luke Anderson a lot when he played for Hamilton last season, just because of his. I mean, his attitude and work rate was uh, fantastic, but his link play. Uh, this is something something I didn't uh, realize. The kind of a string uh, to his ball that he had, but his ability to link play, um, facilitate. Now Livingston, it seems, I've kind of taken a. Um, taking a new approach to how they uh, how they play, I think there's a lot of bit more patience 
uh, how they build the game and then they when they do go long it's more diagonals to players out wide I think they need to ensure that they don't go direct through the middle to to him uh, they, they can go direct through the middle but it has to be really uh, precise um, I think if they can get the ball wide and cross it I think he will score goals he did that against uh, Aloha um, recently so yeah, he is. He, I liked Mahamo, and I thought when he first signed, I thought that's uh, ideal for for Livingston. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how he works within their team dynamic. Okay, next up is biggest dark horse. So this could be a player who is either a, a new signing, but is a wee bit unheralded, or a player currently at the club uh, poised to play above their reputation. So mine is a bit. Uh, it's probably unlikely um, that how this happens, but it, mine is Jack McMillan, and it is more his what could happen with him coming into right back and Nicky Devlin perhaps being used as a centre back <laughs> because their lack of centre back. Uh, <laughs> I'm sort of in trouble with Nicky Devlin's playing centre half for a lot of the season. Yeah, so uh, but with with McMillan, I, I do think. Um, he's another person who can play left back. Who I I just think um, they've got a team full of them. I know. Uh, I've, I've really I've got no no faith in the in the centre backs at, at Livingston. I've got um, with Devlin. I know you you kind of working out now that putting him at centre. Just say for example, he plays centre back. You're losing so much for, of his thrust yeah. down the right hand side. Um, so yeah, yeah. You give me your answer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up with a different answer for that. You give uh, me your answer. I'll come back. So I, I've got two names written down. We've got Jack Hamilton as a player already at the club. He was, he was sent on loan to our both last season, and they've done. I think that's the reason as well. One signing we've, we've not talked about yet because he's not going to play for Livingston this season is um, Joe Nibble. Newble, yeah, Joel Newble, who arrives from Aldershot Town. He's a, I've not had a look at him yet because, like I say, he's not going to be playing for the Lions this campaign. But he, he seems to be, uh, from what I've pictures of him, he seems to be a big hulking striker uh, who I imagine's got something about him. But he spent his entire career in the lower reaches of English football. He played for Aldershot uh, last couple of seasons, which is his only, I think, even maybe his only club in the National League, or maybe one of only two stops. He's twenty-five. So he's not exactly, it's not exactly like they're signing a twenty-year-old here and then immediately sticking him on loan with kind of ice of development. There obviously is ice of development, but this guy's in his mid-twenties, so it's it's a bit it's a bit odd. But he's been put on loan to Arbroath, and I think Martindale's going for what was successful with Hamilton last season. Hamilton went to went to Arbroath, played really well, really kind of helped improve Arbroath's season when they were really kind of struggling in the early part of the campaign because they didn't really have much going up front. He scored a number of goals. He was a good. Um, Good target man as well. He's quite a slight striker, but somebody that does a decent has decent enough hold up skills. And I could see him maybe having a bit of a, a breakout campaign. But whether that, I mean, what that translates, to, I'm not entirely sure. But if he managed to get eight league goals across the course of the season, that would be great for Levy, and I wouldn't be too surprised. The other player I have is Adam Lewis, the other left back. <laughs> he was he's always he was he was going to be he was going to be my other dark horse. Okay, you could talk about him then. Yeah, cool. So uh, with with Adam Lewis, he has not had. Uh, I don't think he has enamoured Levy fans with uh, his performance so far. Came with a 
uh, good re- good reputation, well, decent reputation. He's played for played for Liverpool. Got a great left foot. Um, just uh, Dave Martindale when he signed him says Adam can play anywhere on the left hand side, but has played a lot at left back. I think with the qualities he possesses, we see him higher up the park, influence the game in the opponent's half. He's a great left foot and can look after the ball in tight situations. He's a competitor with a will to win and fits right into the ethos at the at the club. So when I found out that he was going to be playing more centrally and having watched clips of him, you know, the first person that came to mind was Graham Carey. Right. I get you. Uh, they, there's, there, there's a lot of similarities uh, between them. And Graham Carey was, uh, I think he at one point was going to be the uh, signed by Dunn United until they signed Andrew Robertson. And he... Well, they'd signed Robertson and they brought Kerry in on trial. Kerry on trial, yeah. And then they decided, oh, we don't actually need Graham Kerry because Andy yeah. Robertson is much better. But then Kerry went down, so it eventually did, did okay and then went down south and he turned into this kind of goal-scoring number 10. Um, I just wondered if, if if Lewis has that has that potential within him to have a similar influence in the Livingston midfield. Yeah, he was a, he was a hard player to scout because... The only really so, stats available are just him at left back, and if they're not going to mm. use him at left back, then what the fuck? But for what I could tell there, he said he's an excellent cross of the ball, but somebody who's not particularly good at running with the ball. So that would maybe say why they wouldn't use him at left back. He's also quite small as well, and is terrible in the air. Again, maybe an issue at left back, especially with the, the defence looking a, a bit weaker this season. So you can see why Livingston are doing it. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by the skills. It's just. I think this is one of those ones that we'll come on uh, to talk about this as well, just with, with Martindale. Would, I just kind of trust him that he sees this in this player. And it's like if he thinks, right, these skills will do better in the centre mm. of the park or even pushed up into the, into the front three, then with Martindale's kind of track record, I know he's had these, these, these bloopers as well, for the, the Marvin Bartley um, wing-back uh, fiasco in the, in the cup final. But often when he, when he does stuff like this, he ends up being kind of proven right. So... I think he he might end up being he's certainly a very creative player and somebody with a real kind of drive. Because um, despite the fact that he's not somebody that ran ran most a lot with the ball when he played left back, he was always somebody who was getting into the penalty area, playing balls into the final third. So he, he certainly seems to be a really good attacking player. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see him. Right for Levy this season, what's the best case scenario? <laughs> Scraping into the top six. Yeah, that's probably best case. I think yeah. slightly, it's going to be hard this season. I was wondering whether Aberdeen were going to have a fall-off, but I haven't watched them. Watched them last night. I was like, fuck it, no. Jet has turned into this incredible creative uh, number 10 uh, that can play number nine, can hold the ball up and can run. Yeah, and uh, even Fun's Ojo's looking all right. There's just runners from everywhere, and Aberdeen look like they're really exciting to watch. So no, yeah, I don't. I don't think Aberdeen are going to drop out the top it was, six. It was. It was. It was. It was like the first. The first kind of fifteen minutes, we're kind of working out what they're trying to do, and then uh, this as the game got on, they just got better and better. And everyone seemed to have. Everyone seemed to have a great game because when I went to a mates to watch it. Uh, I know it's a bit of a tangent. I went to mates to watch it. I was rushing across there and just got the uh, the teams up. And as soon as I seen Jet and Ramirez were playing together, I was like, "Oh, this is uh, this isn't this isn't good." But no, they uh, they look a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah. So yeah, so there's that. You'd have to. I mean, fuck knows what you expect for Hearts, but you'd have to expect Hearts to get into the top six this season. Um, at the very least, you'd Hibs. There's no reason why Hibs shouldn't st- stick around in the top six and. Then you've only got one place left, and you're thinking St. Johnson. St. Johnson could fall out, 
uh, one of two things one might influence the other is the, if they don't reach the so that they're not going to reach the group stages of the Europa League. But they might, depending on the draw, they might reach the group stages of the Europa Conference League if, yes. they, get, if they get a favourable draw and uh, they can manage to pull off a wee bit of an upset. They've done it before in Europe. They knocked out Rosenberg. So if they can do that, they can beat, They could very easily beat a team to come up against it in that playoff round. If they do that and they're playing Thursday to Sunday every week for six weeks, you know. Well, one thing, I, like, I think they've got, I swear, they've, they've, in terms of their... First, the the like 15, 16 players, it's like 16, 17 players. So I think they got decent depth, but then beyond that, they've got no depth. They're yeah. just a fall off. So either that happens and there's the squad just become a wee bit too tired and it's just a bit too much for them, or they don't make it and they sell off a few of these players. Yeah. So there is a possibility of a space opening up, but it's it's going to be fairly competitive to get in there. And I don't really see Livingston doing it. But I do think that seventh is still not entirely out with the realms of possibility for this team. No, I think, you know what, I see if, um, I mean, if they if they finish top six with the teams that are in the league, I think that'd be a, a really, really good achievement and be up there with what they have achieved in the last in the last few years. But if they finish seventh or eighth, I think that's a, a very um, solid, to good season, uh, that kind of consolidation, because... The, the, there's the, the, there's there's a lot of teams I have concerns about and uh, like finish finishing seventh eighth away from the away from the relegation battle then that's uh so this it's a good season yeah harsh realities where it could it possibly go wrong I think we've really talked about this already the defence is the the major kind of alarm bells ringing about that if we've seen it before if you're a team in the bottom six you can even be a really good kind of attacking side you can play a lot of decent football if your defence is poor and you can mm-hmm. see a lot of soft goals you're going to end up in trouble. And that could really pull Livingston down towards the bottom of the, the division, even if a number of these signings that they've made in, in midfield and, and attack work out. There's also as well, I'm a wee bit concerned by Bartley kind of moving away from the first team. He didn't have the best of seasons last year, but I still think his influence would be huge mm-hmm. on the park. Uh, just in terms of having somebody who's essentially, I mean, so experienced, I mean, we know him as well. Such a kind of charismatic guy, uh, somebody that players will really follow. Well, will they lose something without having him at the base of midfield? Even if you know Obalai might be a better bet for for somebody to get around the park, considering Bartley's in his mid thirties now, that that could affect them as well. Yeah, I, I think so. I think yeah, there is more than ever, uh, even more so than when the kind of Dykes left. There's there, there's more things that play for them for it to be a kind of harsh re- harsh reality in terms of uh, just being brought back down to earth earth of a bump. I think the, the big big thing for Livy is I actually can't see a team being uh, like dragged or just or just at the foot of the table being like the team that are um from from very early on that you know they're going to get relegated. I think it can be it's going to be very tight and competitive down there, which in a way is is good for, uh, for Livingston because it, it means that that attitude, that ethos that kind of uh, Martin Dale mentioned is we might be able to win more points than, for example, picking uh, an obvious team out there the, the hat here. Dundee United. <laughs> that season previous is going to be very interesting. Especially if they've only made two fucking signings so far. Right. Um, 
Let's move on. Manager next. What do we think of Martin Dale going into this season? I'm really curious. I'm really curious about Matt, uh, Martin Dale. He is such an engaging and interesting guy. He's he's switched on. He's just got. He seems to just have a football brain. Um, and the, you kind of touched on it earlier on, but there was there was a few things last season where you just made me think he's overthinking it a bit too much. Marvin Bartlett. It's, that would just be one that will never, never get get over that. Uh, that's Johnson final on him playing, being played, being played out wide, and just the way they ended the season, you just wonder if that really good run they were on. And yes, I do appreciate it was actually a really long run. That if that was that was almost a blip. So I do think it's it's, it's a massive season for uh, Martindale, um, Martindale's uh, kind of uh, managerial press, and it does seem like he is trying to uh, evolve them with the way way they're playing, whether they have the players in the. <laughs> In the defensive third to allow them to build smartly through, um, through the thirds, I, I I'm not sure, but it's he's certainly certainly one of the most more intriguing managers. I mean, there's plenty of facts. Actually, when you look around the league, there's there's so many managers you're you're curious about. You go touch on Dunning Edge, you got Celtic, um, Nielsen coming back up, uh, Glass as well. I think that it kind of. I think with Martin Dale. I think it depends on and and your feelings on depending on how much influence and say he had before he became manager. Because yeah, if we're talking that he was basically like the ghost manager the entire time, like throughout this kind of great run and going back to them being in League One, then you have to think that there's just too much evidence to to think that Livingston are going to get relegated to this campaign or at least finish bottom. Because mm. you'd have to say what he's done. Uh, would be putting above several managers in the top flight. And if you have a very good manager in the Scottish top flight, chances are you're not going to drop out of division because there's always going to be somebody having a howler that's going to be worse than you. And if you look around some of the other teams in the top six, there are major question marks around Dundee United. There are major question marks around Motherwell squad building so far this summer. And, I mean, there's Malky Mackay, who's somebody who's not done a decent job in management since he was sacked from a club. Uh, for, well, no, no, did he not leave? And then, then the the texts were then the texts were released afterwards, or something along those lines. But he's basically he's not done a decent job in management since Cardiff, and that was a long time ago. Now, does he still have it? Can he turn around to Ross County? And it's also a team that's always kind of struggled at the bottom of the table. So they're, they're you would think yes, but Old Coyle was a disaster at County. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he's kind of career not too dissimilar to Malky Mackay down south. So there are a lot of questions. And if Martindale, if we can attribute a lot of Livingston's success over the last few years to Martindale's approach to the game and, and how he sees the game being played and his input on signings and, and tactics and stuff, then I think there just has to be enough faith there to think Livingston, again, are going to be all right. Yeah, so you, you, yeah I think that's a good point. If you, if you put him, for example, if you put him head to head, against like Tam Courts, you're thinking Martindale. Put him head-to-head against James McPake, you're thinking Martindale. Put head-to-head against Stig Graham Alexander, I'm probably still going to go for... Mm, Graham Alexander's done un, done okay down down south, so that's that's, that's kind of like um, a bit uh, up in there. And then Malky McKay, like you said, he's... he's who knows what uh, what a, what he's like as a as a manager now? I would so. say Martindale has over Alexander. Is it? I think it's fairly clear that he knows the Scottish Scottish game. Yeah, Scottish game a bit better than the, the markets to, to shopping. So Motherwell yeah. haven't looked too impressive so far. What they're bringing in, and you always get that worry of a guy who spent a lot of his career in England. Does he, is he thinking too highly of the English League One and League Two? Mm. I mean, fair enough. 
Livingston have signed a few players for League Two as well, but that's Livingston's market. Like they have to, they have to pick out these kind of rough gems. Whereas Motherwell, you would think we should be aiming a little bit higher. But anyway, enough about Motherwell. Um, I think the, the potential downside is that even if he did have a lot of say before, maybe it was just best for the setup to have another guy there who was the manager to say, who was the manager position to say, oh, hang on a minute, is that is that is Marvin Bartley left wing back and and keeping that for seventy odd minutes? Is that going too far? Maybe he's now <laughs> lacking that other voice. So maybe it might just be... And it was also the start of... Fucking hell, was it like, what was the last season? Jesus, it feels like ages ago. Start of last season when they when they trialled the... I think it was a 3-4-3 with, with Effie Ambrose at left wing back. That was that was another very oh, strange thing. fucking hell, yeah. Bloody hell, I forgot that, was, that. That was another very strange thing. It was that Martindale as well. Um, we don't know. So if... So maybe maybe he just needs that extra that extra voice. Maybe he needs an editor, like a director. Yeah. <laughs> like if you think of like a director, maybe he's, his, his films are going to be the ones that are like four and a half hours long and nobody can follow the plot. There's just all these weird elements happening, and he needs a good editor. So maybe that's what he needs. Maybe Bartley could be that. Who knows? But that's that's the that's the that's the possible. That's I mean, the, 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 to go look, look at it. Yeah, look at the assistant. Like, who's who better to kind of rein Martindale in than Bartley, who was. <laughs> who's played it out on left out of the left in that final against the Johnston to go hold on a minute gaffer that is that, that, no right and what do you think to their strongest 11 they're opening day so I've got here so do you do you think is this um, my opinion of the strongest 11 or what you what we think is going to be chosen um, that's a good point because I've gone for what I think would be chosen but it's probably too, it's probably quite close to my strongest as well so I'll, get, I'll give you mine uh, so okay. I've got uh, I've just got written keeper because <laughs> I, I left looking at the new keeper to you. So I'll go for see extra tech still the better uh, keeper. I'll go for him. Uh, back four of Devlin, Fitzwater, Parks, and Longridge. A midfield three of Holt, Obelai, and Pittman, and then a front three of Forrest, Hamilton, and Shinny. So okay. kind of the classic kind of one of the one of the wide players as a central player. Like he's done quite a lot in the past with like mm. Sibold and uh, I suppose you could say Scott Robinson as well. Yeah, I don't think it'd be yeah, it'd be far off it. Mine, mine's is, is different, but um, I what you've what you've put there, I don't think it's going to be might be far off it. So I, I went for this. That to be mine just because. Um, so Fitzwar is it in my eleven? So, <laughs> So straight Devlin, and I've just moved Obelai to uh, centre back. But I really, I just, I honestly got so much, so much concerns about Livingston at centre back. Uh, Parks, uh, Montano, Holt, and Sibold as uh, so. This is four two three one. Holt and Sibold, uh, Mullen right, Shinny left, Pittman through the middle, and Anderson up front. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was, like it was interesting. It was interesting. I seen uh, so you this you know the St Johnston um, fan uh, does analysis. Have you seen him on tour? Yeah, yeah. So does a lot of like radars and um, he's on uh, Pie and Bovel. So a lot of the Levy fans were asking him to do uh, radars on on players. They asked him about Shinny, and so Martindale, when Shinny was uh, was signed, he said he's going to play anywhere. And then there was like three attacking positions behind the striker. The uh, so the Saints guy he looked at his kind of data from uh, I think Charlton and Luton and he's just what he said is that if he's playing in a midfield role he needs to play as uh, number ten or in the centre of the pitch he can't play wide. Okay, <laughs> right, let me check. I'll bring Montano then. Uh, that means I've got two left sided players. You're right about the squad. The squad's weird. 
It's mental. <laughs> and the, the, mm. thing, the thing is, that for Libby fans, like, listen to this and um, wondering where my um, where my experience of weird squads comes from. Hearts have uh, had an unbalanced squads for years, so um, I know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, actually, I could just swap around in my team. I just realised I could just swap around Pittman and Shinny. Put Shinny into the centre and uh, Pittman as part of the front three. That would probably work it better anyway. Anyway, Pittman, you want him as a thing about Pittman is you want him as a, num- uh, a number 10 because that's that's what he's best at. Breaking I don't know, the, I think he's still very good as a number eight because I think he's running, his late runs are part of what can. Oh, make sorry, him. I thought you said you're moving Pittman into the front three. No, I uh, oh, aye, sorry, aye, aye. So, well, he's got the room to drift. I don't know, <laughs> I don't get this. it's gonna have to be a very fluid, flexible system. Aye. Maybe I'll mark down my grade further, I'll give it a B, B minus, uh, maybe put that up to. Mark that down one more, a C plus. It's not like a lot of their signs, but yeah, you're right, actually. This squad is a bit weirdly balanced. Because uh, I forgot, yeah, about... Because, yeah, fair enough, like, all these left-backs can play elsewhere, but it's still weird that, like, so Montagna and, and Forrest. And Sybold was playing on the left as well. He could play on the right. Like, I think. <laughs> he played on the left a lot. It was either him or Forrest on the left of the, the forwards last season. Forrest, Forrest played definitely played depth. I thought Sybold was more Sybold was more central last season. I'm but sure he, played, he played sometimes in Forrest roles. Either him or Forrest mm. playing on the left. So Sybold, I think, can play on the right. So there you go. Put Sybold in then. <laughs> but then you're, you're with like Josh Mullen. He's like he's he's a one player offer. I forgot. <laughs> Let me put Josh Mullen at this. Right, Mullen. Like Mullen takes the place of Shinny. Shinny's not even in my team now. So he was. He was my uh, when I was when I was thinking about it. The the uh, just the way we were discussing it and the, like the signing you're not sure on. It was actually uh, Shinny was probably the one I should have talked to. I just I just don't know how they're going to get him. Potentially him and Pittman in the same, and he, in, same field. And he wasn't, I mean, I know he's got that better pedigree for Denzel there. I know it was just a loan, and sometimes the loan deals players don't play to their, their full abilities because you, you know you're only there for a short time, not for a good time. And Shinny, but Shinny, when he was at Hibs in the championship, wasn't that great? Mm. So, and he's now 32. So, yeah, there is there is a possibility that signing goes wrong as well, despite the fact that it has looked like a, quite a coup for Levinson. Right, I think that'll do us. Thank you very much, Joe. No problem at all. What's your actual? I should probably just ask. What's your actual prediction for Livingston this season? Oh, um, oh, I'll go. Who, who do I reckon's got? I'll, I'll go tenth. I think a wee bit higher. I reckon eight or ninth. I think for Olivia. I think they'll be fine. There, there's just there's there's that when I sit down that in, in a week's time and uh, think about my my predictions for. The twelve that might that might change because I mean like Dundee, who the fuck knows where Dundee are going to be like? I really don't find I don't don't like looking at Dundee United, don't like looking at Motherwell at all, don't like, don't like the look at Ross County. So I think um, yeah, yeah, so so eighth, eighth, just by being competent, <laughs> yeah, potentially. So yeah, well, well let's split it ninth. There will be ninth. Okay, let's go for that. All right, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the season previews that we're going up. Next up is Dundee. Uh, moving myself and, and Gary Cocker doing that. And that will should be going up on Sunday. So listen to that when it comes out. Cheers. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.